Hi, and welcome to the Law of Positivism podcast. I'm your host, Shireen, and I'm the creator of Law of Positivism. I'm here to help you on your spiritual and healing journey. I am a certified yoga and meditation teacher, a student of Chinese medicine, a doula, a Reiki practitioner, and a passionate, highly sensitive person. I want to use my knowledge to channel information and messages for you to grow on all levels. Hi, and welcome to the fifth episode of the podcast. I'm super excited to have you here, and this week is about something that I truly love, and that's yoga and meditation. And this week's guest is a friend of mine. Her name is Frida Starvid, and she's a yoga and meditation teacher. And we've known each other for a couple of years, and I've been a student of hers. And she's a yogini, she's a former architect, and she's also the co-creator of Fura Studios that she, she's created with her husband. And in this episode, she shares her journey from having a burnout caused by stress and being overworked and how she left Sweden and went to an ashram in India, which really gave her amazing insights. And uh, she spent a lot of time over there in a Shivananda ashram. So, so she talks about that in the episode. And she also talks about how yoga is very personal and the style that you choose has to fit you and your constitution and today she's a rocket vinyasa yoga teacher uh, which is very dynamic and fun and she shares how she has created her own path and how her love for yoga led her to create Fura studios together with her husband to create very high quality yoga gear gear and we talk about her journey and also transitioning from being employed to having her own business so i really really hope that you enjoy this episode so just enjoy hi frida hi shirin uh, hi welcome to the podcast thank you so much I'm super excited to have you here today. And as usual, I just want to start by asking you how you stay mindful and present in your life. In my life. Well, if you go to India and stay in an ashram, it's pretty easy. <laughs> but in an everyday life uh, at home in the city, it's a bit harder. But I think I have spent enough time meditating. So I have like a quick way into that sort of state where I can like disconnect a little bit and so I try to find that in you know every situation where I can where as soon as I'm not like busy actually doing something uh, I try to create that little space and for me the breath is extremely important there so uh, I just take a take a deep breath and sort of try to disconnect myself from my surroundings uh, mm. a little bit and I do that like 10, 20, 50 times a day, like tiny, tiny, uh, you know, breaks mm. sort of thing. So that yeah. helped. Well, that's really nice. And yeah, it's important because it's, it's really easy to get out of the mindfulness and into something else. So 
it's yeah. something that we have to work on like all the time to get yeah. there so yeah it's about also how how easy we get there uh, with yeah. practice and time so excited and yes so we've known each other for a while you have been my yoga teacher uh, i've been following you on your journey and i'm super excited for you to share uh yeah more about yourself maybe you can tell the listeners what you do and who you are we can start there okay so my name first uh, mm-hmm. is Frida Starvid and mm-hmm. I am I have a background in architecture uh, so I never thought I'd be sitting here as a yoga teacher <laughs> and talk uh, actually I used to be very uh, sort of impossible when it came to meditating and anything uh, sort of involving sitting still and I was very prejudiced in my uh, previous life, um, prejudiced towards everything sort of spiritual, which is weird because I've always been a person who thinks a lot and who asks, you know, the big questions about life and the universe and stuff. But for some reason, I, I like when someone mentioned India or yoga or meditation, I used to be like, that's just stupid <laughs> stuff. <laughs> but then... Um, and I did um, practice yoga for the first time in t- in the year 2000, I think. It was on the rooftop uh, of a building in Dahab in Egypt. I was there diving when I was uh, 19 or 20. Mm. And I just found it like so uninteresting. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I discontinued. And then only like 10 years later, uh, I came to my first rocket vinyasa class. And that's when changed, when uh, things changed a little bit in my head, because suddenly I found a type of yoga that attracted me, that worked for me. And it was not like a slow, passive yin or hatha or any of those styles, but it was a more dynamic, strong, challenging practice, which suited me really well. Mm. Um, So I did yoga on and off for a few years. And at the same time, I um, studied. I studied film and then I studied architecture and I started working as an architect after I'd finished my degree and but still didn't really feel at home in the whole like being employed and working in an office sort of thing uh so i quit my job (laughs) and i started my own business and thought that would be better (laughs) Mm -hmm. but that eventually led to a major burnout Mm -hmm. so i i hit the wall as you say like i Mm -hmm. hit rock bottom to be honest i came to a point where i couldn't get out of bed Mm. Uh, so I had to like quit all my projects and I was um, not working for a little while until I realized I had to get up and do something and that's when I went to India the first time Mm. (laughs) and uh, by then I'd been on sleeping pills for two years I had like major sleeping issues and also I'd been like working so hard so that my mind was all like messed up. It felt like a, an electrical sort of circuit that had just like exploded and burnt. That's the way that my head actually felt. Mm. So when I came to India, I stayed in an ashram for uh, three weeks and just like slowly got back into like sorting out my sleep, 
patterns, sorting out my eating patterns, exercising, doing meditation and yoga every day and like gradually getting my strength back sort of thing. And um, then uh, I spent four months in Asia that time. During that time, I spent a lot of time thinking about like do I need to go back to my old job do I need to live in Sweden anymore and it was a big sort of um, step to get over to realize that like I don't have to get back to architecture like <laughs> and it, you know when you when you have worked so hard for so many years to get somewhere and you have this idea in your mind that like this is the job that I'm gonna do mm. so it's when you like in my mind I felt like I had failed like I failed all the projects that I thought I was supposed to be really successful in. And I had these like grand ambitions about my architectural practice. And I just felt like a major fuck up basically. <laughs> but then as I think it was a really good, good for me to go away and to get that time that I needed to reflect and to realize that like, I can actually let go of this idea that this is what I have to do. No one's gonna care. I can create my own life and I can do whatever I want basically and I'm the only one who can uh, decide if it's good or not sort of mm -hmm. thing so um, um, you're getting the whole story now <laughs> yeah I love that continue <laughs> yeah so by the end of my stay in Asia I had decided to not go back to Sweden and not go back to architecture at all but instead um, like travel to Mexico and uh, become a yoga teacher and work as a dive instructor slash yoga teacher and just live the life of my youth when I was traveling around mm. and living on a beach. I was going to do that again, I thought. And then I briefly came home to Sweden. This was in the summer of 2016, uh, just to go to a wedding because uh, a good friend of mine got married. And uh, two days before that wedding, I met a guy <laughs> called Jasper, <laughs> who is now my husband. And it was a bit of a, like a mind fuck because he is an architect also. He lives in Stockholm. He has two kids. <laughs> he has an apartment in central Stockholm. We have loads of friends in common. We went to school at the same time. So it's like, I suddenly found myself back right where I was convinced that I didn't want to be which was like, oh, why would this have to happen, you know? But I guess it's some kind of karma, you know? Mm, <laughs> the mm. things that you try to run away from, those are the things that you need to, you know, Face. just yeah. sit down and find a way to handle it. And, mm. um, and I uh, liked Jasper enough to give it a proper chance. And here I am, like three and a half years later, I'm in Stockholm. I have been traveling back and forth to India a bit. So I've been back a few times. I have done my teacher training as an Ashtanga and Vinyasa teacher um, in India. And then I've been back to work as an assistant teacher on that teacher training as well. And so I've kept going with the traveling and uh, teaching yoga and um, and tried to sort of uh, find a way of living where uh, where the fact that I'm tied to Stockholm doesn't uh, doesn't make me feel uh, you know like I'm tucked inside a cage, mm. but uh, uh, a life of uh, managing to combine things in a good way. And um, two years ago, almost, uh, me and Jasper uh, decided that we would start a business of our own. 
also. So now we're running a brand called Fura Studios and uh, we're trying to uh, combine all our interests. So my knowledge and passion for yoga and his passion for yoga now as well since we have met he started doing it as well mm. and our passion for design and architecture and good quality materials and products so we're developing at the moment like premium quality products for yoga so it's um that's what i work with now so it's a like part of it is about design uh, which i'm very happy to do but part of it is also working with yoga and the, that whole uh, aspect of my life which is so important mm. so there you go wow. <laughs> yeah that's a that, there's so many questions a, there yeah. <laughs> was, so you got the, get the story in a condensed version so now we can yeah, elaborate <laughs> there's there's so much but it's so interesting how what you describe is is so clearly that uh, the universe and everything around you asked you to make a change because first mm. it starts and it's for many of us like it starts with some type of we need to get an epiphany but before we get an epiphany we need to experience something different and exactly. th the different thing is is not if if we're in it we can see it as a negative experience mm. but when we're past it we can definitely see how it benefited our lives and just going through like yeah, just living the life we do and, and just doing what is almost expected of us and what mm. we expect, expect of ourselves and think is right for us. And then we yeah. reach a point where it's like, okay, we did all of this, but that it didn't bring the happiness that mm. we truly wanted. So there's exactly. something else yeah. that we're looking for. And I think depending on which type of person you are, the thing that will, I mean, that experience uh, that is needed can be different and mm. needs to be different because like, I'm the kind of person who like, I'm, I don't expect things to come easy. I, I've always sort of thought that I need to work hard in order to get something for, mm. so for me, like being ambitious and driven and hardworking, that wasn't like that in itself uh, would never have stopped me. So I think mm. only, I mean, it, it sounds like a really shitty way to realize something, but I think that the only way for me to actually stop myself where I was, was to like hit rock bottom because nothing else would have stopped me, you know? Mm. And I had been so, uh, I mean, uh, I had had uh, all the signs that you can ask for uh that that i should have known and in interpreted as maybe signs to like maybe think about like what am i doing you know mm. that I, I mentioned like sleeping um problems with sleeping mm. and like uh, anxiety and uh you know uh when your heart beats really fast those mm. kinds of symptoms and like getting dizzy and like spots in my body that were like causing pain like all of these uh physical symptoms i'd, I'd had for years mm -hmm. it's just that i had always thought that like i'll be able to push through it you know mm -hmm. and uh so i think um yeah and that's the thing and it didn't work <laughs> yeah it's no one has uh, like taught us that those are signs of something no. so we we've been taught and trained that we can do anything and then we see people around us that we think are keeping it together and they're just pushing and pushing and then 
it's like being totally unaware and totally mm. not mindful of what our body is telling us, what our yeah. heart is telling us. Because also, I think many people don't understand, but it, like you can feel it in your heart space when something feels good or bad. Mm. But for so, if you live so many years and doing something that doesn't feel good, it becomes normal. It feels normal to have that anxiety and normal to not want to do something, but yeah, you push. And that's scary. And it, like yeah. after after a few years of doing that, you don't even you can't even like um, sort of imagine the idea of being worth <laughs> being mm. happy. You know, mm. like I, I I I remember like I had no sort of no no vision of uh, of myself as living like a, a life where I was happy and content and calm. You know, that mm. wasn't I, I I couldn't see that for myself in reality. Mm. that's really fucking scary <laughs> yeah there is and I think just the basic stuff when when that because I had a period in my life where my sleep was really really bad and I was waking up like every other hour in the night mm. and that was from stress but mm. just that it we needed to go through that and reach that I think it's important because a lot of people that I connect with on Instagram are also asking about like how to get out of certain situations, feelings, mm. emotions, and there's no other person around you that can give, of course, support is very important and, and having that, that mm. uh, support system around you in one way, but also you have that experience to get through it and to become stronger from it. So mm. in the, in, when you're in it, you have to find some, hope or strength within mm. you and yeah sometimes i mean if if we do practice uh yoga and meditation which helps us to slow down and we become mm. calm and quiet that's when we can listen if we mm. don't do that then we just go on and on because i remember that one of the things that did help me also uh i was living in ireland at that time and working very hard and one of the things that made me slow down was just going to, uh, there was a Buddhist temple that was teaching Iyengar yoga. And I just started to go there without knowing what to expect. I just mm. needed something meaningful to do. Mm. And when I started doing that, something happened in my body, which I didn't realize that it would. I knew I mm. needed the calm and stillness, but it changed my vibration my way of thinking and it wasn't like I was doing it every day it was once a week but uh, just that practice helped so the meditation practice the yoga practice it's uh, it's it's a science and a system for a reason and it's been active for like so many thousands of years I know <laughs> <It's pretty cool. laughs> it is it's it's really cool I'm actually really interested about hearing more about your time in India as well and, and the experiences you had there and, and the teachers that you met oh, that yeah. evolved you as, as the yogi that you are today? Mm. Well, um, let's see. I've been to India maybe five times or something like that now. Mm. And most of those times I have spent, uh, at least for a period of time, I've been visiting uh, the Shivananda Ashram in the south of India, in Kerala. Yeah. 
that I can really recommend. I know there are many other ashrams, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's been my that's become my uh, favorite go-to place. So that's the that's the place where I first came to uh, when I went to India. And they teach the Shivananda tradition is a Hatha yoga tradition. Mm. And in this ashram, they have ashrams all over the world and centers. And it's an organization that started in the 60s, I think, by this um, guru called Shivananda and his disciple called uh, Vishnu Devananda, Mm. who was this Indian dude (laughs) who uh, was one of the one of the guys who brought uh, yoga to the western world so for example in during um, when the berlin wall was still mm. up uh, he uh, he got a small like two person plane and flew it across the berlin oh, wall yeah. and did stuff like that as like <laughs> peaceful uh, demonstrations and like throughout yeah. you know leaflets uh, to spread spread yoga and uh, love and uh, stuff like that so he was very he was early in bringing yoga to the western world um but this ashram in kerala in india it's it's like a big temple area it's like an hour outside of trivandrum Mm -hmm. and you can stay there for a minimum or you need to pay for at least three days but that's okay because it's really cheap <laughs> to stay there, at least for us with our, you know, Western money. Mm. Mm. Um, it's pretty cheap to stay there. So you sleep in um, really simple uh, dorms. You can also rent your uh, private room if you want. Then it's a little bit more expensive. But normally you stay in like long corridors with loads of other people. And they have a really sort of rigid schedule. You get woken up at... 5.30 in the morning, every morning, and then meditation between 6 and 6.30. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a half an hour of chanting, uh, so kirtan, and then there's like half an hour of talk. So for an hour and a half in the morning, you sit down with all the other people that are there in this big like temple space and uh, do this uh, practice of chanting, meditation, and philosophical talks. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bit of a snack and then you have yoga from 8 to 9.30. So it's an hour and a half and it's a traditional Hatha yoga in the form that Shivananda teaches. And it's a very sort of disciplined um, type of yoga that builds a lot of technique and a lot of strength, which was really good for me coming like from having a burnout. Mm. It, I could really, over the course of the three weeks that I was there, I could really feel my body getting stronger every day. It was really amazing. <laughs> mm. And um, and they teach it in two different levels. So there's the beginner level and then the intermediate level. So you can, you can really progress from like the bo- most sort of basic stuff to in the end, like very advanced asanas. Mm. Uh, asanas being obviously the physical positions so you do yoga twice a day you do the meditation twice a day as well and then in between you have uh, an hour of karma yoga which means um, um, some sort of work that you do it could be emptying the garbage or uh, making food or serving food or cleaning the toilets or you know stuff like that Mm. and then there's also extra philosophical talks and uh, workshops Uh, if you feel like you want to deepen your yoga practice there like all the teachers there are available one hour a day to like you know get in depth into the postures 
and uh, it's interesting with Shivananda because all the teachers teach in the same way mm. and also they have I mean they have their yoga philosophy so every day you get a piece of the yoga philosophy which was really uh, interesting as well and mm. where I just felt like I started sort of connecting you know the practice of meditation with the actual like the the, the talked word or you know when mm. you talk about the philosophy of yoga mm. it's you know you 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 can learn stuff from reading in a book yes but that doesn't matter as long as you don't sit down and meditate mm. <laughs> or at least to I integrate yeah yeah so that's when in the staying in the ashram that's when I started to like integrate all these systems like the physical body and the mental body um and uh the what else i mean so they would say that like no specific teacher in the ashram was like crucial to me but the whole the whole system was sort of um so i've been back to that ashram uh like maybe five times after that uh, mm. some shorter periods some longer periods and then um there's also this one other place that's become really important that's where i did my yoga teacher training which mm. was a different place uh, in a school called samporna which is located in south goa mm. and uh, it, i went there uh, the first time i was there i was there for a month and did my teacher training and the second time i went there I was there for three months working as an assistant teacher and just like mm. deepening my own uh, knowledge about teaching mm. And they had teachers from all over the world and also a lot of philosophy there with this Indian guide called um, Sudhir. And he was, you know, one of those people that in some way can sort of, I can say that he in some way like changed my life <laughs> a little mm. bit. Uh, the way that he teached, uh, he taught philosophy um, mm. in a way that made it accessible and really um i don't know practical good interesting i don't know mm -hmm. yeah. and that's actually when i think it was when you came back from that teacher training your teacher training mm. that summer that we met and yeah i just found you to be so like i had no i would have had no idea what you went through before that but <laughs> i just felt that you're so vibrant and energetic and and you made yoga fun, although <laughs> it was very challenging because you, 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 we were, you were teaching like some arm balances, like we were mm. really pushing ourselves. Uh, so I think it's, it's a really, it's, it's one thing to practice yoga yourself, but when mm. you're facilitating and you're teaching, we mm. go into a different mode. So we have to take ourselves out of ourselves and, and and somehow accommodate the the students that are there and and yeah. that comes with experience like we mm. have to have experience humbleness and mm. also a love and passion for what we're teaching and we all teach different styles but it's it's from the same root and as mm. you said we gravi people gravitate towards different things so um it's it it all depends on your constitution and, and uh, what, what your mind and body needs. I like the mix of everything. So mm. uh, it's, but you're, you're, you continued later on to do uh, a niched rocket 
education as well. So was that, have you been teaching for a while before doing that? Uh, yeah, I taught for about a year, maybe a bit more, a year and a half uh, before I did my continuing rocket teacher training. And mm. I had practiced rocket before, um, so I knew what it was and I had found that style of yoga to be my favorite, I think. Mm. Uh, so I decided to um, to do, I've done two 50-hour teacher trainings in Rocket, one with a Swedish teacher uh, who's mm. been active for a very long time, and then the second one with a guy from uh, Puerto Rico called uh, David Kyle. Mm. He travels around and he does teacher trainings in Europe. So I went to Barcelona and did a one-week intensive training with him. And it was so hard, <laughs> but it was so much fun. Mm. And, uh, you know, that whole setting as well, where you, where, you, where you just allow yourself to like dive deep into something and just practice it every day with a really inspiring teacher and surrounded mm. by, I mean, really uh, intelligent and uh, dedicated people as well and um, mm. what I like about that style of yoga is that people who do it are generally I mean there's like there was I think we were 40 people in that teacher training and maybe 60 40 women and men mm. so it's a good mix it doesn't like sometimes I um, I feel it hard when uh, when the gender mixture is too uh, sort of when it's too heavy on one side. Mm. I like mixed groups, mm. and uh, the people who do rocket vinyasa yoga are often quite uh, sort of uh, unpretentious mm. uh, and uh, people who who love a challenge sort of thing. Mm. So um, like there was a really good dynamic there. Uh, and my I remember coming home from that week in Barcelona and my forearms were like swollen and warm <laughs> and like you know pounding <laughs> because oh, we've been working imagine. so much uh, there's there's uh, quite a lot when you get to a certain point in rocket you do do spend a lot of time upside down <laughs> mm. I mean maybe not in the first class you do but eventually you learn how to find the strength and the technique and the core and everything to be able to do all those arm balances and inversions mm. that you talked about. Mm. So after a while, you just want to like stand on your hands all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I should just say that, but like the first time I tried a handstand, mm. I wanted to like strangle the yoga teacher. <laughs> I was like, who the hell does she think she is? Like, this is never going to happen. <laughs> But then, you know, lo and behold, it's just a matter of training. Mm, it <laughs> so, is. Um, yeah, repeated training, concentration, staying with the breath, finding the right technique, and just mm. like patience, 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 patience yeah. and time. Yeah. And, it, yeah. And, and, and it takes a lot of mindfulness to, to yes. do those type of balances. So we can't be yeah. thinking about other stuff when we're doing... No things that are challenging and we're working with all the energy centers and the and the yeah. crown chakra when we're the the chakra that is the highest when we're turning yeah. upside down as well so uh, there's so many benefits and yeah. people can do it in their own way it's like we can benefit from inversions in other ways if we can't do arm Absolutely. balances so there's yeah. there's so much options yeah, I mean, an inversion, technically speaking, is mm. just when your head is below your heart. Yeah, that's the that's the all you need to do in order exactly. to find an inversion. Yeah. 
So it basically means that child's pose can almost be mm. an inversion or mm. like just a standing forward fold, like a really simple, like ragdoll or uttanasana, yeah. you know, you just uh, separate your feet a little bit, bend your knees and bend your upper body forward and you're in, in an inversion. It means that the blood is flowing more from the heart towards the head, basically. Yeah. So, and then like, <laughs> the, then there's just progressions from that. And mm. uh, of That's course, amazing. and also, I mean, I find uh, that I mean, if you are the kind of like, I would have loved to start just sitting down and meditating <laughs> the first time I, I tried it, but mm. I found it so hard. But this type of yoga that I am doing or more dynamic form of yoga is meditation for me and has made me able to meditate like mm. I find that I have to be present in my body in order to be able to do the yoga properly mm. and so that sort of focus and mindfulness and being present that I've found through this asana practice have made me able to sit down and meditate now mm. which is the whole meaning of asanas mm. like all the uh, all the physical stuff it's all a preparation to be able to sit down and meditate mm. so every like all the different postures that we do they're there to build the mind's strength they're there to build the muscular strength and the muscular openness in order to be able to sit down in stillness yeah. And I love that. And then like this for some people, they will come through meditation and then maybe start doing, you know, more physical yoga afterwards. And for me, it was the other way in. So like we all find our ways, but I think eventually everything leads into meditation some way. <laughs> yeah. In one or another yeah. way. And one it's... way or the other, moving exactly. or not, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And it's yeah. spreading so much. So there's so many options out there, at least... Uh, here in Stockholm and in, in the major cities out there, there's so much mm. uh, wisdom that is spreading. So I think yeah. I ho hopefully this is a way to make uh, to create a healthier society and and help humankind to raise its vibration when we're doing that. We did a very beautiful uh, uh, charity yoga yesterday together with your amazing uh Fura studio mats and uh, mm. just the energy after that session and and doing it for a good cause it mm. just left so much love in my heart and i hope in everyone's mm. heart so yeah. we can do so much with it yeah. and it would be interesting to hear how you started creating your own thing i mean you you did leave uh the your background as a architect and you took a big leap into doing mm -hmm. something i mean how was that process to do that even uh, mostly fun <laughs> <laughs> but as i said it was a hard thing in the beginning just to let go of the ideas of what should have been that was the hardest mm. and once i had done that it was pretty easy to because um, i've always been really creative uh mm. so and i i uh, for me, it's quite easy to initiate things. So mm. to go from thought to action, I find 
uh, for me is not a problem. You're an Aries, have... right? Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Aries <Surprise>. energy. <laughs> no, but I mean, mm. some some people are, are the opposite. They mm. can, uh, you know, they're very good at like uh, maintaining and staying for long with things, and, yeah. uh, but are maybe not that sort of uh, fiery. I'm, I'm the opposite. I, I find it easy to initiate stuff. Mm. But then previously in my life, I have been uh, bad at like, um, I haven't had that much patience, basically. Mm. Uh, so in and what is different with this that we're doing now is, and I think it's because it's something that, uh, well, I'm doing this with my husband, so it's a joint project. Uh, it's something that we both really feel passionate about ourselves. Like when you work as an architect you always work for someone else <laughs> that's mm. like one of the basic things with that job and now we are we are working to to do something to make life better for a lot of other people by providing good quality yoga things but uh the whole sort of it comes from a passion within us and not from anyone else. And I think partly that has made me, you know, realize that I have a lot more patience than I thought I did before. Mm. And uh, so I was working, like before we launched this brand, our company, I was working for a full year with like the, the preparation phase. I thought it would take like three months. It took a year <laughs> to actually develop the products, to find really good manufacturers, to find the best sort of eco-friendly materials, to to do the design and to do it again and to do it again. I mean, it's like it's such a long process to to find exactly the things that we wanted. And um, and just like during that year, I could have given up so many times. Because there's like there's this kind of process where you try to develop something like that is not without problems. Yeah. So like all like, like there's all the time like miscommunication miscommunication with manufacturers. There's like delays because things get stuck in the customs. I mean all of these practical things that could have made me go, oh, fuck it, I can't do it anymore. Where I have for some weird reason found a new part of myself that's like okay. It's okay. It's a problem. I'll solve it. And then well, let's work. Let's work on. Let's go on. Like we don't have time to, we don't have time to stay and linger and talk too much about the problems. We don't have, like life is too short to give up in a way, you know? And so it's just, uh, it's been there. Like I've learned so much and everything we do is like the first time we do it. You know, when you start your own company and then you're like, Oh, and there's this we need to do, and then there's the marketing, and then there's the retailers, and then there's the you know just importing and importing and exporting. Like there's there's so many areas where we learn so much all the time, and and uh, I love that. That's mm. uh, it's good, and it's really I mean you do see sides of yourself that are both good and bad <laughs> in mm. this process, um, but mostly it's fun. Yeah, and and just. Uh... The product itself, I mean, I use the mat, the yoga mat, and it's, uh, I would say there's nothing else like it out there because it's really, I mean, it's a combination of um, just amazing, like material, it feels good, and also the design and everything. And how how did that, like, it just, like an idea is created somewhere. 
mm. where I'm, maybe during your time uh, doing yoga and meditation and being in India, mm. did you have any like visions or spiritual experiences that then led to these epiphanies and these revelations in your mind? Uh, you mean uh, revelations that led to what we are doing now? Yeah. It was in the sense of a very sort of practical realization when, because when I was in India, the mm. this is the second time, not that it matters, but when I was there the second time and Jesper, my husband, was there visiting. And I was there for a long time. So I had like brought quite a lot of stuff with me, you know, just stuff to make me feel comfortable in a really small uh, simple space where I was staying mm. and I was working with yoga maybe like five seven hours a day so I was doing that a lot uh, you know teaching and practicing and I realized that like I was, I was trying trying to surround myself with things that made me feel comfortable and at home and uh, things that I liked and then I looked at my yoga mat and I was like this doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, why do I have a shitty, crappy yoga mat mm. uh, with a design that I don't really like? Mm. And this is some like this is work. This is a work tool for me. And uh, why why can I not find uh, a mat that? Um, I mean, it might sound silly because it, it's a product, but like yoga doesn't really require that much to think about it. Like you you need a I mean, you can do it outside, you can do it anywhere, anytime, but it helps if you have one good thing. That's one good yoga mat kind of thing. And if you have that, you really don't need that much else. Mm. And I just found myself <laughs> longing to find the perfect uh, yoga mat uh, that like would sort of that have all the functional qualities that I was looking for. Uh, so uh, first of all, a mat that wouldn't let my hands and feet slip that's the worst thing i know mm. when you when you when you use a yoga mat maybe you go to a studio and you have like one of the mats that, you, that they lend out for free mm -hmm. and then you just spend an hour and a half just like with your hands sliding forward in downward facing dog that's mm. so annoying <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah. and as i said like the when um, when you do a dynamic practice where you move around a lot, you need a mat that's like lying stable on the floor. It needs to give like good cushioning for your joints and it needs to give you a good grip for your hands and feet. And um, we've also made a design that will help you align your asanas, your positions mm. uh, a little bit. And we've taken like we're both so we have a lot of inspiration coming from arts and architecture. So we've taken some of the graphic language from from architectural drawings and use that in our designs. Um, and also it was, I mean, but I wouldn't have done it if I thought I was the only one who was lacking a good yoga mat, you know? Mm. Mm. I also had the, 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 like the strong feeling of like, yoga is not something that a very small group of people is doing anymore. But it's, as you said, it's getting bigger and it's not just getting bigger in like, you know, uh, yoga retreats in India or, but it's getting bigger in people's everyday lives. And that's really important, you know, and I think that's a key to like transforming society is to make it accessible in people's everyday life. And I think like for where, where we live in, uh, in a city, in the Western world, um, we need to be able to incorporate these things into our daily routines 
so yoga cannot be something where you need to take six months off and go to India to practice. You need mm. to be able to do it on a daily basis, like close to where you live. And you need to like be able to carry your yoga mat to work in the morning and then to pick up the kids at school after work and then to the studio and then maybe go for a beer in the evening with your friends mm. and then go home. So it's we wanted to create products that that we could feel um, were good enough, but also designed in a way that would make us feel like, oh, we can carry this on, you know, on on the street without mm-hmm. a problem, and uh, and that maybe sort of suits our taste a little bit more. I've, uh, I mean, I know there's a, it's it's just a matter of personal taste, uh, but there are loads of colorful stuff out there and I've never really felt comfortable surrounding myself with a lot of colors I only wear like black and dark blue clothes mm-hmm. and so I felt like I, I needed some uh, or I, I'd like some um, stuff that would uh, suit my style better and the way that we when we talk to people now and we have people use our products we feel that there are many people who feel like us like who feel like there haven't really been a product product that that um, attracts them or that they can identify with. So uh, um, I don't know. Um, it feels like we can maybe help to make yoga more popular in this way, which is just such a good thing if we can do that. You know? Mm. Yeah, that's amazing, and uh, it's great that you're following your mission and your passion that is yoga Mm. and doing something creative with it and and from a perspective like it's not a just a product it's something that you you have to to make your yoga practice deeper and Mm. more fun and um yeah it's it's really inspiring i think and I, um, I, I, I should never have done it unless I had been teaching yoga myself. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not dri- driven by making money. I'm not driven by like mm. selling a lot of products. It's actually, it comes from, you know, I teach yoga. I meet so many yogis and I spent so much time on a mat. So it's, it comes from, you know, trying to make yoga practice better, mm. you know. Mm. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 it's 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 good. And I also wanted to ask you, just coming back to the yoga and meditation, is there one meditation practice that you um, that you prefer that you like the most? Yeah, for for me, um, for me, the meditation technique that I learned in the Shivananda Ashram has Mm. become the one that I when I do sit down to meditate for 10 or 15 or 20 minutes, that's the one that I use. I, um, a couple of years earlier, I also went to a Buddhist center to do like an introduction course. And we did some Buddhist meditations that were also really powerful and interesting. It was a breath meditation and uh, one called the metta something. Mm-hmm. But in the end, the, the I, I think it's also because I spent uh, some more time in the Shivananda style uh, that it became routine. So it's very easy for me to go back to. Mm-hmm. And basically it's very simple. It's not, it's not a guided meditation. Uh, you, you're being led into the meditation by someone, mm-hmm. by a guru or something, mm-hmm. but then you spend the time sitting in silence. 
but to get into that uh, sitting in silence, the, the introduction that you get follows three really basic steps. So first of all, you find a good posture. So you're sitting down and finding, you know, uh, heaviness down towards the earth and also a lightness up. So you're sitting and you're active, yet you are relaxed. Mm. Um, so finding the posture is the first thing. And once you have established your, your posture, you establish your breath and you breathe with an abdominal breath. So you bring the breath all the way down into your belly. So you let your belly expand and contract as you inhale and exhale. So you establish a rhythm of your breath, that's step two. And then step number three is finding your focus. And then uh, in the Shivananda tradition, they ask you to place your attention either at the space in between your eyebrows, your third eye, mm. or in, at the center of your chest. And which place you choose uh, depends on what kind of person you are. And this is just a way, I, I mean, this is not sort of, <laughs> you don't have to do the same your entire life. But if you see yourself as more of an intellectual person, it might be easier for you to place your attention at your third eye. Mm -hmm. And if you see yourself more as an emotional person, it might be easier to place your attention at the center of your chest. So then that's your attention, that's the third part. And once you have these three things established, you just sit and breathe. Hmm. And every time that you lose your breath or you lose your concentration and you find your thoughts run off in different directions, you start over. Hmm. So you go back to finding the posture, finding the breath, finding the focus. And that's and then you can do that. If you sit for 20 minutes, you can do that 200 times. It doesn't matter. Hmm. And I mean, and then a, there are a few, I mean, for the focus part, they also say that if you have a mantra, you can uh, you can meditate on that mantra. And if you don't have your own personal mantra, you can always use OM. Uh, but I don't tend to do that. I tend to just like focus my uh, attention on one of these physical points instead. I find that's enough. If I add on a mantra or an OM, I just get confused. <laughs> so that's my uh, that's my favorite kind of meditation. Very mm. simple. Thank you for What's sharing. What's yours? Oh, there's so many. I think I I started actually when I started meditating, which was before I starting started practicing yoga. It was a lot of guided meditation, vis visualizations, mm. um, and then I started using meditation like every morning just to uh, just to sit and be still in the morning, and mm. and just yeah always like coming into the breath coming into the body uh, either sitting up or laying down um, just becoming still and mm. not worrying about thinking or anything like that but I do like the uh, also uh, meditating up towards the third eye um, so there's different I, I haven't I haven't only practiced one I, mm. it depends on where I'm at and sometimes when we are much in our head a, a guided meditation can be very easy to start with just yes. to yeah just to have someone that's directing yeah. attention and focus yeah so i think that's but i love all types of meditation it's so mm. beneficial i'm mm. super i'm super happy about this conversation and that we <laughs> that we connected and that you shared your journey it's so interesting and i think it can inspire so many people um, and is there any last thing that you would like to share with the listeners? 
Um, what would that be? Um, no, just, I don't know, but maybe just the fact that there's no, there's no one way in yoga if you talk about asana, you know, the physical mm. practice of yoga, because yoga is more than the asanas. Yoga is living, it's more of a life philosophy. But if you talk about, you know, the physical practice of yoga, there are so many different styles and uh, neither neither is like the right or the wrong one. But you will probably, I mean, if you start somewhere, you will eventually find a style that suits you uh, mm. or a teacher that suits you. And because a lot of it, like even if you practice the same style of yoga, you, if you have three different teachers, they're all going to be very different in mm. how they do it. Yeah. Um, so just like, try it and uh, see where the journey takes you I don't mm. know mm. find your way and try to I mean even and this sometimes makes me a bit sad but I feel that even like in the yoga community there's sometimes a bit of an attitude of mm. like looking down on other types of yoga so maybe mm. a vinyasa person would like say something bad about someone doing ashtanga or you know and mm. I, it doesn't <laughs> make sense it's so it's, <laughs> it's the like same standards <laughs> yeah it's and the like, same does, it, does it really mm. matter what someone else is doing is it that i mean mm. that's the big part of yoga is like focus on yourself don't give mm. a shit about what anyone else is how anyone else is doing their practice it's their way you know exactly. and that so and um I think that's maybe uh, find your way. That's mm. my last words. <laughs> that's lovely. And you have um, you teach yoga classes here in Stockholm in different places. Yeah. Uh, maybe people can find you uh, through Instagram and Facebook yeah. and your website, and and also how to find Fura Studios and your yeah. yoga products. You can yeah. share. So yeah, I don't know if we can put a link somewhere. Mm. Otherwise, on Instagram, yeah. I'm um, Frida Starvid, F-R-I-D-A-S-T-A-R-V-I-D. My own webpage is fridastarvid.com. Pretty simple. Mm. And then Fura Studios is furastudios.com or on Instagram, Fura Studios. And I teach here in Stockholm at two different studios at the moment, one called Altromondo on... Uh, Östermalm and one called Imbalance. It's on Södermalm and you can find my schedule on my website and I always also on Instagram I post, you know, now I'm giving this workshop here and here and come mm. to this event, or, you know. So if you follow me on social media, um, you get all the updates about where I am and what I do. Mm. And your classes are so great. So everyone has to come and try it. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah, it's so great. Thank you so much for, for taking your time and sharing. And we'll stay in touch. So thank you sure. so much. Thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. Of I love course. your initiative. Love your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I'm really excited that this episode was so focused on yoga, meditation, but also uh, the different paths into this practice and how we can use it to stay balanced in our lives and how important it is to listen to your body and the signals that your body gives you 
and I love for you to check out Frida. I have all of her links in this show notes and I'm just very inspired by this episode and about the work that she's doing. I'm really grateful that you have listened and for all of you who have also left a review, thank you so much. And if you do have time to leave a review, please do so on iTunes. It really helps others to to find this podcast. And for those of you who do leave a rating and a review, I do draw a card, an oracle card for you personally. So thank you so much for taking the time. And I'm hoping to see you next week on this podcast. So let's just breathe in together. And exhale and enjoy the rest of your day. Namaste.